3: The latest news, the newest products, the biggest names. Welcome to your tech report. Online at yourtechreport.com. Join Mitchell Whitfield and Marco Flalo for the next hour of Your Tech Report. And we invite you to follow along with
2: us on Twitter. It is at your tech report. Facebook.com slash your tech report. Of course, our email address is contact at your Please send us an email. Shoot us a tweet. We love talking to you guys and we love to find out what your questions are for our Ask Your Tech Report segment. And we keep uh, bringing back on the show here and, of course, on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash yourtechreport. I am Marco Aflalo, as always, welcoming Mitchell Whitfield. Mitchell,
0: fun times yes. ahead. Fun times. Uh, you know what I'm realizing, though? The, the more that we get entrenched in, you know, different social media, the YouTube channel, the longer our intro gets. Yeah, it does. If we keep expanding at this rate, we're going to have basically 60 minutes of intro. And uh, some really cool interviews, but yeah, 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 yeah. no, no, there, we, have a, we have a lot of stuff to talk about. What, when do I get to have my uh, bitter party of in a, one? In a minute, because I'll, I'm give really, you, I'll give you your bitter okay, party I just want you know that it's coming. I'm, I'm ready to unleash my venom. So, oh,
2: no, no go ahead, yeah, I, yeah. I understand. Um, on this week's show, we're going to talk to a very cool company, <laughs> Abbott, who have been in the uh, medical technology field for as long as I can remember, and uh, they've developed a very cool product that uh, allows you to check your glucose level if you are diabetic um, without having to uh, deal with those nasty little pricks. No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> plus, I like that very much. A company that I've been chasing—no joke—we are what we're Are almost in October here, so for almost ten months, I've been chasing Chamberlain, the company that makes garage door openers. You know, Chamberlain garage doors, LiftMaster. We are going to talk to LiftMaster
0: in my garage. Yeah, we're
2: going to talk to their CFO. She is going to join us and talk all about a very, very cool product that you could add on to any existing LiftMaster or Chamberlain garage door opener and connect her to uh, Apple's HomeKit. Let alone. Google Home and IFTTT. You know, speaking of Apple's HomeKit and stuff, Mitchell, I mean, we're now uh-huh. uh it's been a week since the iPhone 8 came out. If you check out our YouTube yeah. channel, youtube.com slash your tech report. You saw that I did the unboxing of the new Apple Watch 3. I did. Um, I did the unboxing of the uh, iPhone 8 Plus, which it's funny, I I was going to, just so you guys know, um, Apple does not send us product, uh, much to my dismay, Um, so we go out (laughs) like you guys do, and I bought these things, and I returned them quite quickly after. Um, I'm going to have to go back and buy another iPhone 8 Plus, because my mother-in-law's phone um, had a random accident with some birthday cake icing, and so we're going to have to do the hand-me-down my family, where my mother's mother-in-law is going to get my wife's phone, and my wife's going to get the iPhone eight plus, which means that she's not going to get the ten. So.
0: Sorry for her,
2: but uh, hey, you know
0: what? It, this is what happens. The technology we call the technology domino effect, and I think it happens in every family yeah. where you know somebody will get something new. And listen, getting getting an iPhone that's maybe a couple of years old is not a bad hand me down to have. No, of course it's not, not like something people should be upset about. These are great devices, and let's face it, they're coming out every year. If we buy a phone every year, which we do, uh, you not only go broke, but you go a little crazy. So, um, yeah, did you see the look on my face as you were talking about iOS and the whole iPhone? You saw the look on my face. I know you did.
2: Well, did. it's funny, but so. So, so you and I um share different cycles when it comes to the operating systems on our Apple devices. <laughs> um, I tend to jump into the betas fairly early on. Then I tend to jump off and, up and back in. So I've been living with iOS 11 for, for quite some time now, but you are a newbie. You're like everybody else out there who yeah. um has been using iOS 11 or 11.0.1. They did update that and actually does improve things. Um But you're not having a great time with this one, are you?
0: You know what? It, it, my experiences with iOS 11 have not been positive so far. And this is the first time, you know, I'm sure a lot of people ask you tech advice, Mark. Like, they ask me tech advice, sort of it's the nature of being not only a tech guy, but having a tech show. We become the experts for everything. And I have a lot of people that say, oh, you know, I just saw that they pushed a new update to my phone. Should I should I wait as a bet? And I always say, yes, update up, upload the latest version. Down, Sorry, download the latest version. It's It's going to fix bugs, going to make it faster, better. But when it comes to a completely new operating system, like ios 11 that's a little bit different and in the past i've always been excited as i was this year i was excited about ios 11 until i actually downloaded it on my phone now mark i don't think i'm exaggerating have you gotten a call from me maybe once a day over the last week about me complaining in one form or another about something about ios that has rubbed me the wrong way
2: not specifically complaining but you tend to go into it uh quite quickly after we
0: say hi yeah, You know, you don't have to sugarcoat it. I've been a little bit of a pain in the butt when it comes to this, and I'll tell you why. Uh, my overall feeling about iOS 11 is, you know how we've said there's been sort of a paradigm shift in the way that Apple makes and creates and updates products where they've gone from a company that innovates on every level to a company that is sort of playing catch-up with other companies. And that's something that's kind of new to Apple over the last... Uh, since Steve Jobs passing maybe a year after. And I get the feeling with iOS 11 that iOS 11 has been responding to people that have been using other phones that wanted a more homogenized experience, something that was more familiar to Android users and And maybe Windows phone users. Because when I look at it now, when I look at the UI mark, it doesn't look like iOS anymore. A big thing that says mail and messages and gigantic print. Just the fonts are different. The look of it is different. The feel of it is different. I I, I just feel like they've added these features to make people that are coming from other OSs feel more comfortable. So we're welcoming in, which is great. Welcoming new people is great, but at the expense of, you know what, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Did you think there was a, a problem with the way I- I- iOS was showing mail, was showing messages, was using the web? These are things that were not broken, and yet, more than just tech overhaul, back-end stuff and new features, just the UI is so different now. I feel like it's bland. It doesn't look it doesn't look like iOS anymore to me. What,
2: give me an example. So you're talking about this mail and this big, and what are you talking about in the mail? Give me the, Try to describe this to me, because just, I'm so just, used to it now. now. Now that it doesn't even phase me.
0: It, when I'm looking <laughs> when I'm looking at the apps, I'm looking at the mail app. You now have this giant thing that says, inbox, you know, or... mail and inbox and, and giant block print, kind of like you used to have uh, on, on earlier Windows phones, which is fine. I like that for Windows phone. For iOS, the look of it just looks a little different. There are things that they moved around, for example. Uh, we did actually a video again. Uh, YouTube.com slash your tech report. I did a YouTube on whatever happened to auto brightness, a feature that comes enabled whenever you have a new operating system. Auto brightness, you know, where it, it, depending on what the lighting situation of the room you're in or outside is, it will adjust your screen accordingly. Well, turning that off, turning auto brightness off, used to be an easy thing. You went into, you know, screen settings and there was a toggle switch right there. Mark, it's now a four step process that's buried in so many sub menus. Unless you've watched our video or someone else's video, you would have no idea how to turn off auto brightness, yeah. which has been something that's been easy to do. For, again, again, an example of something that wasn't broken, yet they found the need to fix it. Battery light. I think has been atrocious and I I think I'm, you know, I know I'm maybe going a little overboard atrocious has, it's been pretty bad. How has your battery life been? Have you done the update? Because I have not done the update. Does that does that fix the battery life
2: issue? It, it actually does address a lot of the issues. There's a battery life issue. There was an issue with Mail and Outlook.com and Hotmail.com. Um, right. That was fixed as well. Um, I, listen, I'm not experiencing the same hatred uh, or the same it's not discontent hatred. for certain discontent. things um, that yeah. you are. I think because I'm I'm just more used to it. And I welcome change on, on every front when it comes to this stuff.
0: I do, too. I, mean, I just don't like this change. Yeah, even Siri annoys me. The new Siri voice, the girl. She sounds like an angry 13-year-old girl who's judging me and bossing me around. And I, just the, the voice is – I used to love my Siri voice. I had the regular traditional, I guess, American English and <clears> – <throat> excuse me, I'm getting all choked up over this. And she was very soothing. Yeah, maybe she didn't have the most, you know, fluid sound in terms of, you know, being as fluid as maybe Google's or, you know, Alexa even. But it was a pleasant voice. Now, okay, yeah, I'll get right on that, Mitchell. Sure, let's <laughs> do that. Okay, and I'm like, Ooh, what's wrong with you? Why are you judging pants. me? Oh, wow. Judgy McJudgy pants. So even series changes, I'm not that happy with it. Just It doesn't feel like iOS to me yet. I just have to jump. Uh, on the other hand, I love iPad. I love what iPad changes yeah, have happened. And stuff. I love Mac OS 10 Sierra because in Mac OS... Oh, I can't even say Sierra, Mac High OS... Sierra. Yeah, I Sierra. And I can't even say OS 10. in Mac uh, OS... High Sierra, most of the changes, Mark, were on the back end. Yeah, most of the changes were in the way that the codecs are compressing video and and images to make them better on your computer. And that Apple they file system, part- that Apple yes. file
2: system, if you have not experienced this thing, is blazingly fast. And I think someone forgot. Unless
0: you have a fusion drive, by the way. Yeah, unless, doing, unless you have you, a fusion drive, you can't even yeah.
2: upgrade if you have a fusion drive. Um, but right. here's the uh, here's what someone recommended to me, and I didn't even think of this don't forget to, like, reformat external hard drives and things like that, because it increases the speed exponentially when you do that, and you use the Apple file system, so that's one of those small little tips that you kind of learn along the way. I think you'll get used to iOS 11, I think that those things I won't bug so. you as much. Um, yeah. You know, the auto brightness, yeah, that was kind of, I I figured, oh, what's Mitchell talking about? It's right here, and then I realized, no, it's not there, and I couldn't find it. Thankfully, there's a search feature of the settings, that you can search for it, and you can right, see where it is embedded into the system, into accessibility, which I guess it makes sense that brightness this is an accessibility but but not entirely because we're used to just setting our brightness so i, I get it but you know what live with it a couple couple more months you I know it, you, I, I mean will. you don't have a choice now anyway
0: um, I know, and, I, and I will and I will tell people just real quick on the high Sierra side on the Mac OS side for your desktop computers and laptops really cool thing Mac you know mark talked about freeing up space but the way that they handle now compression of photos and videos you can free what is it left like up to like thirty oh, yeah. percent of your the, the room that was taken up by photos and for most of us I think most of our hard drives are taken up by videos and photos oh tell me those are the most memory intensive things on your computer so to have that be maximized new metal 2 to improve graphics now max OS supports VR, so there were a lot of changes that didn't necessarily change the way your user interface worked, but on the back end to make your experience better, I wish that iOS 11 was more directed at that as opposed to aesthetic changes that I find bizarre. It is Fair your tech report. It, okay.
2: He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Mark of Lalo. There's lots of news that happened this week. So we're going to get into that, including brand new hardware from Amazon. Google has a brand new, a brand new device coming next week. And we're going to talk all about that as well. It is your tech report. Follow us online on Twitter. It is at your tech report. You know what? Go to the website, yourtechreport.com. All the information is there. We'll be back in a moment. Your
3: tech report will be right back. Welcome back to your tech report welcome back Marka Flallow
2: in Montreal Mitchell Woodfield in Los Angeles on Twitter we are at your Tech report check out our YouTube channel youtube.com/ your tech report Lots of fun stuff coming up on this week's show we're gonna talk all about diabetes and uh, a way to avoid that prick every time you check your glucose level. I just wanted to say that.
0: Yeah, I know you did. uh, And Chamberlain,
2: Chamberlain, this very, very cool interview. had a lot of fun with their CEO, Joanna. Um, Welcome back. I mean, a big week, Mitchell. I mean, coming up next week, Google. Google has been teasing the heck out of their new phone announcement you've seen the Pixel them, you've 2. You've seen
0: them there in Canada too, right? You've, oh, you have everywhere. Advertising. Everywhere.
2: It's a great advertising campaign. It's just a Google search window and says, why doesn't my phone do this? Why doesn't my phone do this? It's why doesn't really, my phone really, do this? brilliant. How simple. And how then it simple. says, find yeah. out on October 4th. And I yep. will be there October 4th in, uh, in Toronto to find out what is exactly unveiled. And I'll do it, I think I'll do it kind of vlog style where we're, I, I kind of walk through my day and see what I find out. We'll see how much equipment I can carry on my back through the airport. But that should be fun. But Amazon took the spotlight this past week. They announced a whole slew of new products, Mitchell. I mean... To, to, to kind of glance through them and we'll, we'll focus in on a couple of them we'll talk, yeah, yeah. let's, talk, go for let's it. talk about the Echo Plus for a second the sure. Echo Plus is the same form factor of the existing Amazon Echo that kind of high tower they've, re, they've enhanced the speakers on all their devices to make it a nice more bassy sound a very very good good sound the Echo Play Plus is $149 uh, and it also has a built in smart home hub so it can connect to all the smart devices you have in your home as well Now, previously you were able to do it with certain devices thanks to like Alexa skills but now with the hub Built in, it has the protocols it needs to connect with more and more, which is really really cool. Then they went and said they have a, a new smaller version of the Echo Plus, which is a ninety nine dollar speaker. It's it's about half the size of that tower. Um, it's kind of a materialistic design, kind of like the Google Home, um, right. it, and it's it's designed at ninety nine dollars to kind of just get in every room in your house. But the real spotlight, I think,
0: Mitchell, was this Echo Spot. Well, you know, before we get to the spot, I'm just going to jump in one second because otherwise, you know, at my age, I will forget Mark. This is true. The, the, thing, the thing, you know, he's, he's not arguing with me, folks. He knows the thing about the the Echo, which is the one for 99. The reason I'm focusing on that one is you're going to think I'm a little crazy. Back in the day when they they when they had their three speakers before, they had three different echoes. The dot, they had some middle tier one. I forget what that one was called, and they had the regular Echo. Right. The only the lower end dot and the higher end full on Echo actually supported the voice control, the middle tier one that was 99 in the past, you actually had to push a button in order to activate Alexa.
2: I remember that, you're so, right. Sorry. You remember that now? Yeah. So
0: now, the $99 Echo truly does become just a smaller version of what we're used to in terms of the sound, but is now a fully functioning, it is actually a better version of the Dot. Before, I was telling people, if you're not going to get the big one, get the tiny one, because at least it has the built-in voice control and speaker. This is really kind of a cool thing, so I didn't want to I didn't want to glance over that. But yes, the uh, you were talking about this other one, the new the new dot that came out? Well, but hang on. Before we with even spot, get to that, they yeah. also
2: have a $35 accessory called Echo Connect, which is really – it's like a gateway. It plugs into your existing home phone line, and it actually bridges your home phone line if you still have a landline with your Amazon Echo speaker, So you can make actual phone calls over your real phone home phone line, your analog phone line, through the Echo speaker. So, not just Echo to Echo or, you know, you know, the free kind of voice over IP calls. This actually lets you use your home phone line, which is really cool for those who don't want to jump off, you know, into the voice over IP world.
0: Well, this is a brilliant thing because a lot of people, when they announced the phone call capabilities, it was the uh, oh, you can make calls, dot, 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 to other Alexa owners yeah, exactly. to other, you know, and, and that was kind of a bummer but now people don't have to, you know what Mark, it's a smart way to bring people in so they don't have to rely on just having friends or family that have the same device that they do, they can bring people in under the guise of hey you can make calls to anyone, it's really going impre- to increase the user base So the Echo Spot,
2: this is a yes. really cool device, this looks like a small it almost looks like a little eyeball with the front cut off and a nice round screen on the front, very reminiscent of some it. of the original like the Samsung Gear watches and the smart yep. watches but a little bit more screen real estate it has a built-in camera on there as well it's gonna (laughs) it's gonna retail for 130 dollars and it's going on sale on december 19th you can actually pre-order it right now if you want but these are really designed to kind of go in different places in your house and do different things and work almost like an alarm clock so to speak so it's a way to really get amazon echo and alexa into every room in your house with the caveat you may want to put some tape over that camera
0: well, that, that's the part that's really interesting. I'm, you know, I'm reading a lot of stuff online now, and a lot of people are touching on the fact that, oh, it's a great device if you don't mind having a camera and a computer with a camera in it on your nightstand in your bedroom. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, for a lot of people, that is going to be a deal breaker, and I understand that in terms of privacy and hacking and people not knowing exactly, well, can people make it so that the light isn't on but the camera can be? A lot of concerns with that. But you know what? It's really cute, Mark, and I'm looking at it now, and you can always go to Amazon.com uh, or .ca, and you'll be able to see all these different different things and I, I don't know. I mean, it's cute, but I already have an Alexa in the bedroom in my thermostat. So I have the verbal cues with the, you know, with Alexa in the bedroom already, I guess it's a cute thing, but is, is the screen too small to really be a functioning way to consume media? Is it just a way to have, it's, you know, you know I have voice chat and FaceTime, I think version of FaceTime? I, I think, mean, I don't know. I think
2: it's, I think it's, it's easier for that kind of stuff. And it's kind of, yeah. kind of fun to have it show an analog clock and show basic kind of information. Connecting to your schedule might be kind of cool. Seeing the forecast at a glance, um, you know, Things like that, I think it might be kind of cool. I don't know. You know, It's one of those things, too, that the price point is so so attainable that you may want to throw right. one of these in your house somewhere. You may yeah. want to use this instead of that Echo Show, which is that one with the much larger screen that people yeah. were kind of shopping around, which still exists, by the way. But the funny thing is, is at the same time that Amazon announced all this hardware earlier this week, Google announced that they're pulling YouTube from the Echo Show. So the the video wars are heating up, Mitchell. I mean, we have Disney, who's now amalgamating oh, all their boy. content into one app that's now available in the App Store. Eventually, their stuff's going to come off Netflix. You have uh, Google pulling YouTube stuff off of the uh, Amazon Echo Show um lots of interesting stuff
0: you said this a while ago content is king you can have the greatest devices in the world the most advanced you know it's it's like having a brilliant ferrari or lamborghini and having no place to drive it it doesn't matter how powerful your hardware is if you don't have the proper things to show or display on it and like you said content creators like apple now google have been known to pull their content from certain other menu you know from certain other devices to make sure people watch it in their own ecosystem this is something we've seen before google is usually pretty open about that about giving their content to other people but now that we see them coming out with more and more hardware. Maybe they're not going to be so generous on the software side and on the media side.
2: GoPro announced their latest GoPro Hero 6 Black. It is yes. a 4K... Video camera that shoots at 60 frames per second. It's on sale, available right now, $499 US, so probably about, you know, 579 Canadian or something like that. Yeah. Um, a lot of the same features as the Hero 5. We're talking about waterproof, dustproof, everything you can expect to have there. But it's built to be way more interactive with iOS devices and your actual smartphone. So the second you film stuff, it's going to be available thanks to a connection to your iOS device, uh, which is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, faster wireless is one of the keys here. Because I mean, as when you look at it, it doesn't really look that much different. You have the same waterproofing, pretty much the same body. Like you said, under-the-hood stuff, we're getting a more powerful. They actually went to a custom processor. So, they, they, again, like other companies that are making their own hardware, they went to their own custom processor. And one of the big gains that they have with the new GoPro uh, Hero 6 Black is slow-motion video, which in, uh, beforehand was pretty good on a GoPro, but you'd still get that slight stutter. And if you have a motion action cam, the slow motion is a really big part of it. Whether you're, you know, whether you're doing skateboard stuff or uh, stuff in the water, surfing, all that stuff. So the slow motion is big. And by having this advanced frame rate in 4K and the custom processor, I think they get uh, 10 times smoother pictures, I think, what they're claiming in terms of a stutter-free slow motion. So nice gains there. Again, this comes at a price mark. These aren't cheap. You'd hope that they came down 499 Not the cheapest camera out there.
2: No, they also put some finishing touches on their, uh, their Fusion 360-degree camera, which uh, still no real availability, but they're, they're expecting to release that soon. Plus, their Karma drone has some new features, even though I don't even put that Karma drone on, on a shopping list quite anywhere. I think their, their, yeah. their, their stabilization gimbal is probably more exciting in terms of that drone <laughs> over anything else that might be out there. Um, last little bit of things before we, uh, before we jump into a break. Um, Netflix announced a $400 million U.S. investment in the Canadian content. This is something that they've been kind of um, working with the Canadian government. It's part of a new deal. They're going to be producing original content for Canada, both in English and French, uh, starting next year. And they might have fines in Imposed If they don't actually adhere to their promises So uh, that is coming in the new year
0: Well it's nice that they're having specific content But can't we have the same content uh, On both sides here Because we we talk about things We don't have the same content They need to work on that too
2: We're going to take a quick break He is Mitchell Whitfield I am Marco Flalo. Coming up after this break We're going to talk to Abbott They've been doing medical technology For a very very long time And they've got a very very cool device That helps people with diabetes Avoid the prick When you want to check your glucose levels stick around
3: your tech report will be right back welcome back to your tech report
2: welcome back to your tech report Marco Flallow in montreal as always joined by mitchell whitfield in los angeles follow along with us on twitter it's at your tech report facebook.com slash your tech report and of course mitchell our youtube channel youtube.com slash your tech report
0: Uh, you know, everyone's all excited right now about all the new devices that are coming out, all the new phones, you know, the iPhone X, the Galaxy, you know, the new Note 8. Uh, but as you've said for a long time, Mark, and as we've talked about on the show, it's not so much the devices that are exciting, but new ways that people are finding to use smartphones to help us in our everyday lives. And a lot of cases help us medically. So this next interview is really pretty big for us.
2: Let me introduce our next guest. His name is Chris Thomas. He's a director of BioCenter Technology at a company called Abbott. Chris, welcome to your tech report. Thanks very much, Mark. Chris, you know, I think people know the name Abbott. Um, you guys have been around for a very long time. Can you give us a quick kind of briefer as as to what you guys, in 2017, Abbott's been around for a very long time. Tell us what you guys are doing today.
1: Yeah, Abbott's about the power of health. Abbott's a uh, healthcare technology company, and we're focused in four areas, really, One of those areas is medical devices, another one is diagnostics, another one is established pharmaceuticals, and then finally there's a a nutritional division, and they're all roughly equal size. And what it means for people is that even before you're born, Abbott's making products that can help you, and we're making products that'll help you throughout your whole life. And then when it comes to knowing something about your blood, we can do that in three different places. We can do that in the hospital setting, in a centralized manner, we can do it also in the hospital at your bedside. And then, right now we can do this when you're walking around. We can help you understand what your blood glucose is, what your glucose levels are, um, without having to do a finger prick anymore. And that's what, uh, that's what our product, uh, Freestyle Libre, is all about.
0: You know, you know, I have to tell you, it's kind of a personal thing for me as well, having diabetes on both sides of my family with some very close family members that deal with this every day. For people that don't have to go through this, going through pricking their finger, checking their glucose levels, people that deal with this every day, obviously it's something they need to do to keep themselves healthy, but eliminating this and having a sensor, talk about how this works because this is really huge, and I don't think people that really don't deal with it on a daily basis appreciate how big this is.
1: Yeah, well... You know, let's talk about how diabetes is managed right now. And right, and right now, you your doctor is going to ask you to test four times a day when you wake up, and then before each of three meals. and And if you're taking insulin, you're going to make an insulin adjustment based on on those four measurements during the day. and And that's just not enough. You know, it's not enough, and it's not discreet, and it's painful as well. Your fingertips have tons and tons of nerve endings on them. And every time you prick your finger, you, you create a callus, you create a painful event that, um, that makes you not want to do that anymore. And so people right. don't test enough because of that. And it doesn't give you enough data either. You can't get data at night, and, uh, and you don't know what's happening in between those finger pricks. And, and we knew we could do better at Abbott, and, and that's what Freestyle Libre is all about. And, and Freestyle Libre, is, uh, it's a system where you wear a sensor on the back of your arm. It's... Um, it's about 35 millimeters in diameter, um, and you, whenever you want to know what your glucose levels are, you can. You, a quick one-second scan will tell you three things about your glucose levels, where they are, where they've been, and where they're going. And so you get eight hours' worth of readings that are stored every 15 minutes, and, um, and that gets you your nighttime coverage. And then it gives you a projected value of are you going up or are you going down quickly. And this, this painless one-second scan works through a thick winter coat as well, so, it's, um, so it, it, it adds discretion to diabetes. If you're, some people are really proud of how in control they are of diabetes, but some people are, are, are not proud of that, and they, want, and they want to be discreet about it. And this, this adds the possibility of that discretion if you're at the dinner table with someone that you, you, don't, want to, you don't want to talk about that with.
2: Chris, is there is there an age limit or, or a point in which people uh, need to be to start using Freestyle Libre
1: in Canada right now? It's uh, it's for people eighteen and over, but we're always working to to extend that population to uh, to to encompass children with with diabetes, and that's coming. That's one of the innovations that's coming.
2: Now you know we're we're, we're at the tenth year. Uh, you know it's been ten years since a device like the iPhone came out. Did you ever think way back then? I mean, if you look back. To see where the medical technology has gone, how much that they influence where we are today in this kind of technology.
1: Well, we we always recognize that there's that convergence, right? We want to right now. You with Freestyle Libre, you you have a reader, and you and that quick one second scan gives you all this glucose information about you. And and so we're always innovating at Abbott, and, and so we're we recognize that you want to carry fewer devices in your pocket. You want to you want to do more things on your smartphone, and that's one of those innovations that's. Uh, that's coming for us where you can you can have a quick reading on your smartphone and, um, and you can understand your, your, your glucose levels in the same way but what's what's more interesting about that in the future is that we can we can then link that up to the cloud where you can um, where you can have reports that you can share with your doctor or when you when it's available for children with diabetes you can you can see your child scan and have that um, have that be linked to, to something that you can see to understand what your what your children are going through
0: you know, Chris, one of the things we always talk about with new products, new technologies is barrier to entry. What are the barriers to entry for the consumer? And on the consumer side, you might have some old school folks that aren't into technology, don't like using a smart device. They say, you know what, pricking my finger may be painful, but I know that it works and I'm used to it. So you're going to have that going. Talk about the accuracy level of, of the Libre system versus the old school pricking the finger. Can People don't have to worry about it being as accurate because it is.
1: Well, the, so, so there are a couple of parts of accuracy, and, and accuracy is a means to an end, right? And what um, so the accuracy of, of our sensing technology is comparable to strips. It's, um, uh, but what what we make up for in the slightly different accuracy is that you get so much more information from it, right? You get this nighttime information, you get this directional information, and then an accuracy is a means to improving people's lives, right? Um, and, and so that's the end goal in this for us at Abbott, and and so what we've done in Europe is we've done some of the largest clinical studies on people with diabetes, uh, and with type 1 and type 2 diabetes. And what we found is that people with type 1 diabetes spend 38% less time in hypoglycemia when they're using Freestyle Libre. People with, and we published that in the Lancet recently, and uh, met, uh, in the esteemed medical journal. And then we've also done another large study on, on people with type 2 diabetes, and we found that they spend 50%, time in hypo, 50% less time in hypoglycemia and, and so that, that's the real-world outcome for people that use the device. And, and what we do is we give the device to them, and we, and we let them use it um, as, as, you're, as you're supposed to use it, really. And, and when they do that, they, they were finger-pricking four to six times a day or more, and their finger-pricking goes down to once every three to five days, and their sensor wow. scanning goes to 15 or 16 times a day. So they're, they're replacing scans with... Uh, um, they're replacing finger pricks with scans really and, uh, and, uh, and that's what's leading to this improved outcome for people less time spent in hypoglycemia
0: well, absolutely. When you're wearing a device like Freestyle Libre, you, you mentioned earlier the big victory, which is when you're pricking your finger, uh, you know, if you're doing it, let's say four times a day, you have no idea. Sometimes those, those levels can fluctuate so wildly between those finger pricks. But when you're wearing a device consistently, it gives you metrics and data that you can't get by doing it occasionally every few hours. So obviously that's, that's the big, big, big advantage you guys have.
1: Well, yeah, and you and I don't know this because this is, you know, from the 1850s, from the time before motion pictures came out. But, you know, even simple questions like, do do all four feet of a horse leave the ground when a horse gallops, you know, couldn't be answered from still pictures. And and when motion pictures came around, you know, that's when we started to understand more about our world because we can under we could we could get more information like that. And and so moving from from finger pricks to to using uh, the, Lib- the Freestyle Libre system is, is almost, is like going from, from still motion pictures to motion pictures. It's one of those revolutions in, in diabetes care that only happens about every 20 years now. And this, this replaces finger pricks and test strips for, for most people.
2: Chris, obviously, knowing more information about yourself is incredibly valuable, not only to the individual but and to their doctors. But what does this mean for the entire, uh, you know, the American Diabetes Association, Canadian Diabetes Association, with all this new form of data that they're going to be able to collect? Is this a, a pretty big step forward in terms of what we can use to help not only treat but potentially one day cure diabetes?
1: Well, for in Canada, people with diabetes uh, there's, there's about three million of them, and, and one in five people are undiagnosed uh, with. With diabetes, they're walking around not knowing that they that they have it and that the complications are happening silently. And every year, there's a quarter million people that are diagnosed in Canada with diabetes. And and what doctors are saying is that only 50% of those those people are in control, that they're they're achieving the glucose targets that they, they need to to avoid complications. And so so with Freestyle Libre, the system gives you gives you that rich data that um, the doctors can use to help people understand how to make. Lifestyle changes or adjustments in insulin, and and what we've done with this is um, is is really interesting. We've used an open standard called an ambulatory glucose profile, AGP for short. And and what AGP does is that it takes all this rich data and it um, and it simplifies it down so that so that it isn't so complicated. It it doesn't you know if you take all the data that, that sensors can make, it looks like a pile of spaghetti on a plate, and even trained doctors don't really know how to how to make decisions off of it and, and with ambulatory glucose profile it simplifies that down to help help physicians know and, and and even regular people know ah yes when I wake up in the morning my glucose is usually low and or, or you know after my lunch uh, I tend to I tend to go high and so I can maybe take more insulin and so the, these big-picture things that um, that help people achieve more time and range and less time in hypoglycemia. This is all available and, and simplified down for people, and that's uh, that's one of the innovations that Freestyle Libre brings.
2: Now, Chris, for people uh, who are listening and who are interested in Freestyle Libre, what does the availability look like uh, either in Canada and the U.S. and and how do they go about you know getting Freestyle Libre?
1: Yeah, Freestyle Libre is available in Canada right now, and, it, and what you do is you'd spend uh, you go to the website, which is Freestyle and you can get a system there, and the system is $49 for the reader and $89 for each sensor. And, and each sensor lasts for 14 days at a time, so you put it on with an applicator. It's, almost everyone says that it's painless or nearly painless. And you, um, and you, and you start it up, and you um, and you don't have to do finger pricks anymore routinely. And so every time you want to get a, a reading of your glucose, you swipe the reader over it, and you get those three pieces of information that we talked about. And the real one of the real innovations in this is that it's a factory calibrated sensor, and so this is the the only sensor technology available right now that really gets away from from fingerprints routinely. Very cool, Chris. I want to thank you and, so much. Uh, and,
2: Sorry, go ahead. Sorry.
1: And I was going to say that, and we're working with um, with insurers as well, so that it's available to more people. we it's such a revolutionary technology that what we do is we. As we have approval, we make it available for people, and then we and then we work through the reimbursement process. And we're working with Canadian insurers such as Manulife and other insurers to uh, to make it available for more people as well.
2: Is there potentially a path down the road, Chris, where this type of technology is actually embedded in in our smartphones and devices like that?
1: There's most most of the people that use Freestyle Libre say that it's um it's equivalent to being um, to being non-invasive to them. It really blends into your life, and um, and you don't notice that you're wearing it, and so. So there's, there's lots of technology companies that work on, on next steps in this, but, um, but for right now to get the outcomes that, um, that we've demonstrated with this, um, the sensor is, uh, is a great way to do that that seamlessly blends into people's lives and, and helps them forget that they've got diabetes except for the times when they need to, to make a decision on it. Very cool.
2: Chris, thank, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I think this is really a revolution in the way that diabetes is going to be treated and the way people, you know, obviously are going to make their lives so much easier. So thank you for joining us, and, uh, and I hope to speak to you again in the future because I'm sure there's a lot more innovation that Abbott's got up its sleeve.
1: This is really just the beginning for us. We'd love to talk later
2: some more. Chris Thomas, Director of Biosensing Technology over at Abbott. This is your tech report. He is Mitchell Woodfield. I am Marka Flalo. Follow along with us on Twitter. It is at your tech report, Facebook.com slash your tech report. And we'll be back in just a moment.
3: Your tech report will be right back. Now, back to Your Tech Report. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. I am Marco
2: Flallow. Follow along with us on Twitter. It is at Your Tech Report, Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report, and of course, YouTube.com slash Your Tech Report. Now, our next guest is the CEO of a a favorite company of mine, and that company is Chamberlain Group, who for 40-plus years have been welcoming people home, quite literally, with some amazing products and innovation garage door openers. And I want to welcome our next guest, who is the CEO of Chamberlain Group, Joanna Sohovich. Welcome to your tech report.
4: Thanks, Mark. I appreciate being here.
2: Joanna, this is this is uh, nine months in the making. I first reached out to the PR agency back at CES when you guys had announced that you're going to be bringing HomeKit compatibility to to the MyQ line of products. But before we dive into to products in particular, obviously in doing my research, I never realized that your your company, Chamberlain, is over 40 years in the making. This is, I mean, not about, talk about expertise in a field and in a space, that's, that's a big deal, not only because of the years of experience, because of, but because of the years instilling trust and comfort among consumers. How does that feel?
4: It's a huge honor. I can tell you that our engineers know this space better than anybody. We own more than 400 global patents, almost all of them in this space, and they really have a deep understanding not only of how the technology works, but, but what consumers want.
2: Well you know, Joanna, I'm I'm an early adopter. When I got my new home about four years ago, I saw the original garage door openers that were in the house and probably from, from the early seventies. And it was honestly probably a Liftmaster product. And I said to myself, I need I need something quiet. I need something better. I did my research and I ended up with two brand new Liftmaster belt drive openers complete with battery backup. And and me being the the geek that I am in the technology space, I saw the MyQ support and that you know, at that point was fairly new. But for me, the ability to use an app to control my garage doors and get notifications was a major selling point. So as a, as a company with such a long history, how do you come to the realization that there's going to be a shift to be made and new technology to adopt and integrate into products that really haven't changed too much over the years?
4: Well, I'll start by thanking you for your business, Mark. I appreciate <laughs> you choosing our Listmaster garage door openers. And, and And I had to laugh when you said that they were probably original ones from the 70s because our products last a really long time and, uh, and one of the things that we found was that customers didn't have a concern with the reliability or the longevity of their garage door openers they were really more concerned with their inability to recall whether they had closed their garage door yeah. and so that was, that was the application that we were trying to solve is how can we give people that knowledge and that peace of mind to let them know remotely whether they've closed their garage door um, so that was the pivot point, uh, that combined with external technology that was becoming available and a lot more mainstream that would facilitate an application like that.
2: So, you know, now you guys, I mean, you're, you're veterans in the connected home space, really. I mean, before, I mean, you came out with a connected device before there was an Amazon Echo, before there was a Google Home speaker, obviously before there was even, you know, Apple HomeKit. So can you talk about how your how the products really overall benefit your user base?
4: You know, I think that, um, first off, more than 70% of Americans use the garage as the main entry to their home, and so using that as their front door and, and feeling like, Okay, I have the ability to understand whether there's security to my home, to my family, to my belongings. That's the first and initial benefit: is the peace of mind and the knowledge and this aspect of security. But at that point in time, when we first launched the product, and and I think it's funny that we're veterans at, at a little bit more than five years of, of doing this. But 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 you're right; we do have some some ground behind us. All the things that have come after. All of the applications that people would like now around um, smart home connectivity and ecosystems and and multi-user and, and, you know, at the time that we started, most people didn't know what an app was. And now people are, are asking for all of these new features that can help them connect not only the knowledge and the peace of mind, but also the ease of their lifestyle.
2: You know, Joanna, as an early adopter, so I, I bought the MyQ system. I bought the new motors, and and you know what? the the previous generation, the previous garage door openers that were in the garage were actually working fine. As you know, to, to what you said, it was just I wanted something a little bit quieter because I've got kids, and my kids were younger at the point I didn't want them didn't want to wake them up. And so I followed I followed a lot of the development. I followed the forums. I saw a lot of people. Some people happy. Some people not happy about the fact that it wasn't integrated yet with HomeKit, for example. And and I actually came. to... Your guys' defense at a lot of occasions because I try to remind people that making a a change to a product that is the main entry point to a house, like you say, um, with over 70% of the market there, it's more than just adding a feature to something, it's about doing it in a way that maintains the security of your home. It's just like a, just like a connected lock, you know, for, for long periods of time, you were able to type a code in and get into your front door, but it took a long time for those to get connected to any kind of smart home because the fundamental basis, which is security and keeping your home secure is extremely important. And it's more than just adding the feature and saying, here, go use it. It's about adding the features and making sure that you maintain that security, which is something you guys do.
4: That's, that's a really insightful comment, Mark. Um, security is something that's most important to us and to our customers. And we're very attentive to the security implications of integrating with other smart home devices and technologies. And when we would never want there to be a situation where people were um, unintentionally granting access to their garage, which, like like we said, 70% of American homeowners, that's their front door. And so uh, creating the product or the integration or the application that can give you the same confidence and peace of mind as the base garage door opener experience. Uh, we invented the rolling code to, to, around security to be able to give people the peace of mind that, uh, that intruders couldn't sniff out their code and open the garage door. The same thing is happening right now with connected devices, and we're giving the same amount of attention to the security concerns takes a little bit longer, uh, but uh, definitely worth it in the end. Definitely.
2: And now, I mean, we're talking about making making headlines. In the past couple months alone, you guys have uh, uh, announced your partnership with Apple HomeKit and talked about um, how MyQ technology works with Siri. Can you explain a bit how that works?
4: Yes, you're, you're right. People have been asking about Apple HomeKit. And in addition to the base uh, MyQ app where people can control and get knowledge and access, to their garage door, they'd like to be able to integrate that functionality into the home connectivity app of their iOS device. So uh, in August, we launched a MyQ home bridge, and that product allows people to sync their existing MyQ garage door opener connectivity to the home connectivity app on their iOS device. And so what that allows them to do is to bring together all of their connected home applications under that one Um, iOS umbrella. It can also allow them to use Siri in order to have voice commands to conduct those same activities. And so you can ask Siri to open your garage door or you can ask Siri to close your garage door for example
2: and this is something that you guys were so so grateful and you sent me one of the new units which I received thankfully in time I received it yesterday I had it set up in five minutes actually one of the quickest setup experiences that I've ever, ever had before um, and um, I'm I have two garages so I'm, I've named them after myself and my wife so I, I literally go uh, hey Siri uh, open Wendy's garage or open marks garage as my phone reacts to me right now and uh, and and she does that which is absolutely awesome. But you guys also made an announcement um, this past month, which was integration with Google Home and IFTTT, which is a common, common uh, platform that people use to make, obviously, if, then, that um, statements. For example, you know, uh, open when my garage door opens, unlock this door or turn these lights on, et cetera, et cetera. Can you talk about those integrations and how the garage door opener works with those platforms?
4: Sure. Um, yeah, as you indicated, we announced both the integrations earlier this week. So the partnerships are very new. Uh, let me start with Google. Okay. That's an integration that it will allow our users to control the garage door opener using voice control with the Google Assistant. So uh, the analogy is like the Siri example that I yep. just gave, but it's for people who prefer the Google yep, Assistant.
2: Of course.
4: Um, so after they link their MyQ account to the Google Assistant, they can check the status of their garage door opener, or they can close it hands-free. The one question that I've been getting is why can't I open my garage door using Google Assistant? And the reason why we chose to restrict the open capability using Google Assistant is because anybody who has proximity to the speaker would have the ability to control the door. And so somebody could walk by and say, "Um, Google, open the garage door, and and that would happen. And so um, casting back to our earlier discussion around security concerns. Um, We felt that the security priority was a higher one than the convenience of being able to use voice control for the Google connectivity. We have a lot of optimism around technologies in the future that would be able to uh, control the users and make sure that um, you're giving that authority only to those that you would like to grant that authority to. Um, But at this point, it's allowing you to have the knowledge of the status of your garage door, and it's allowing you to have the ability to close it if you've forgotten
2: to. That's brilliant. And with IFTTT, for example, people can create notifications, push notifications if it stays open. Your app does it on its own, but you can definitely integrate with a lot of very cool things like that. Now, there's a subscription element to this as well. And is that just for the Google Home and IFTTT element?
4: Yes. So right now, uh, what we've done, and, and I'm the first to acknowledge that there has been some negativity around the subscription base. And really that has been around providing more functionality than the base functionality of the MyQ device. Um, we invest a lot and we give a lot of value for the um, access and the knowledge and the additional subscriptions that we provide. And we're invested in or we're committed to investing even more innovations in the future to provide the reliable and the secure solutions that you guys want. So, Um, You can subscribe to the individual features that you like. Um, You can opt for a month-to-month subscription that allows you to try a service and cancel at any time. And so far, um, the actual subscription activity has been extremely positive. So aside from a small user base who would like all of the services to be free, uh, we've had over 200% growth every single day in our number of subscribers. And uh, and I think that's an uh, also an important data point to take into consideration regarding whether something is successful.
2: Hundred percent. I mean, that's a, that's a, you know applause right there from the people and the user base. So they're you know endorsing you. It's kind of like when people put out Kickstarter campaigns and and things like that. They're looking for feedback, and that's instant feedback, which is absolutely absolutely great. Uh, you know, Joanna. One of the other things that drew me to your platform was. The fact that you guys focus on what you do and do it really, really well, and you offer a line of accessories that some people might look at and say, oh, this is kind of hokey, you know, a laser to help me park or the battery backup. But to me, those were things that made me – that drew me to the product a little bit more than any other products because – The ability to be able to open and close my garage door when there's a power outage, or the ability to add that laser parking accessory so that my wife doesn't, you know, back into the bicycle or I don't, you know, drive into something. Those are pretty important and pretty cool things. How do you come to, you know, decide what kind of accessories you focus your attention on?
4: Well, first off, um, accessories are a big seller. It's an important way to add value for the customers um, that, that would value those features. Um, The battery backup is something that I'm really high on right now. Not everybody wants a battery backup. If you have a generator, you don't need a battery backup. Yeah, exactly. You can can connect it to your generator. Uh, But for those that don't have a generator, uh, it would allow them the peace of mind to know that they're never going to be locked out or locked in to their garage if the power is out. And I've gotten some feedback, direct feedback from um, people who are impacted by the hurricanes um, down south of the United States, who has said that their properties are some of the only properties that. Uh, maintenance or uh, re- first responders could get into because they had the Chamberlain garage door opener with the battery backup. So I really like that feature and something that helps us to decide whether to, uh, to integrate something into the garage door opener or to have an accessory is, is the percentage of people that are impacted by that need and their willingness to pay for it. If They believe that there's real value in it and, and they'd like to pay for it, then, then that's something that we roll out to our community the laser park assist, that, that, that's cool. It, yeah. <laughs> it's nice to not back into your, your bike or, or, or your, even worse, your, your wall. Um, it's, it's something that, uh, that we do have a loyal group of followers around, but as more automobiles have more sensors on them, Um, Sometimes that ends up taking the place of a laser park assist and and so I I don't know what the future of that accessory is as cars become a lot smarter, Uh, but we are working with automobile providers to integrate some of our technology into automobiles so that the cars can become smarter and and your automobile can become an accessory. Uh, So we're really, really excited about some of the innovations that we have coming that way. And then finally, um, a product that we just rolled out is, is a lock. Uh, so for certain customers, they'd like the extra security of, of say, a deadbolt on their garage door. Yeah. And we offer a line of openers that would engage a deadbolt to secure your garage door. And so it's, uh, it's different segments of customers who have different needs and they value different accessories.
2: That's brilliant. All I have on my garage door is like this manual lock that I have to go in and, and turn sometimes not even get it in place, which is really, really neat. And you, you answered my next question, which was, you know, what is, what is some of the future innovation that we can expect from, from Chamberlain and, and Liftmaster? And that's very cool. Can you talk more about the, about the connected, the, the automobile manufacturer relationship, or is that something that we're going to have to wait a bit for?
4: Um, you know, we're already in about 40% of U.S. automobiles. Uh, with, the, um, with the technology to, to enable you to sync your automobile to your garage door opener. And that's Homelink, and so, right? That's, that's the Homelink technology. Yep. That's right. So, um, so that is our technology that connects the automobile to the garage door opener. And, uh, and so really, we're just following that industry forward and saying, you know, how can we work with uh, automobile manufacturers and their tier providers, their top-tier providers, to bring additional technology and more forward looking technology to the automobile. I can't pre-launch the product, because the product managers will kill me if I do that. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, you sure? I will tell you, <laughs> something that's shocking, having been in the automobile industry in various parts of my career is that the timeline is shortening considerably it yes used to you be that you're working 3 years in advance on a platform and now, as, as technology progresses, you're able to launch things a lot sooner, and automobile manufacturers are able to integrate it sooner. So so it won't be a long wait, I promise.
2: Yeah, we, we talk about that a lot on, on the show on the automobile side. As you said, it used to be three-plus years, um, if not more, and now it, it's shortening it, it, and amazingly because everybody is more interested in having technology in their vehicles, which is very cool. So I look forward to seeing what you guys have. The The MyQ Bridge is available right now if you go to Chamberlain.com. It, it's $49.00. Now is that just an introductory price?
4: Well, um, that's the price today. But as I learned from having been in this industry for five years, you can never predict where technology <laughs> is headed. <laughs> exactly. You can never predict what your features are going to be. And you can never predict what your customers are going to demand. And so uh, so I'll, I'll not make any promises that could tie the hands of my successor. Uh, but i would would encourage people to get out there and uh, and give it a try today because there are a lot of features that people are really excited and happy about that give them the knowledge and access and peace of mind uh, that that come along with having your garage door as either your front door or a key entry point to your property. Oh, no,
2: there definitely is. And we're going to be doing a YouTube video soon that kind of talks about not only the MyQ Homebridge, but how you can now use that with HomeKit to create scenes and to trigger different events in your home. For example, in my home, when my garage door opens now, it opens up the the closest light to the garage door so that when we open and walk into the house, it's not dark, um, et cetera, et cetera. And you can use a lot of these triggers and a lot of these automations. And now with the MyQ Homebridge, which is absolutely great. Joanna Sovich, CEO of Chamberlain Group, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I cannot wait to talk to you in the future because I know you've got some great things coming up and we look forward to having you back.
4: Thank you, Mark. It was a pleasure.
2: And thank you guys for joining us on this week's show. On behalf of Mitchell Whitfield, I am Mark Aflalo, yourtechreport.com, of course, Twitter, at yourtechreport, and Facebook.com slash yourtechreport. See you next week.